Amen. Sometimes life doesn't make too much sense to us, but we need to remember God's way of thinking is not our way of thinking. God's timing is not like our timing. We just need to trust Him and that He's working things out for our good, for His glory. In every circumstance, every situation that comes in your life, God can uh, use that for good, and I'm thankful for that. Exodus chapter 2 this morning, if you would, stand with your Bible. Exodus chapter 2, and we are taking a break from our our series in Luke this morning uh, with a Mother's Day message. And we look here in Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to be preaching about this morning the characteristics of a godly mother. And we look here at the beginning of Moses' life, and we're going to find some things out about his mother, uh, Jochebed, here. So let's start reading Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi... And took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for an ark, for him an ark of bulrushes. And daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And a sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went. And called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for the day that you've given us and the privilege that it is to be in, in your word today. Lord, to hear a message from, from your word preached, and God, I pray that as we're here this morning, we're here with an open heart, an open mind. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to honor all the mothers in the service today, and uh, Lord, so thankful for so many godly mothers all across the world this morning that are in church with their families, and God, I pray that you would uh, just work in our hearts, Lord, not just uh, uh, Lord, this message in, in the mother's hearts, but, but in each and every one of our hearts as well. Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There was a teacher that had a group of second graders, and she was teaching them in science class about a magnet. She had several magnets that she'd brought into class, and they they each had one of those, and they were picking up some paper clips and some metal shavings, and, and then they were testing what the magnet would not work in. And the next day, after that long lesson on a written test, she had a question that said this, my full name has six letters, the first one is M, I pick things up, what am I? And when the test papers were turned in, the teacher was surprised to find almost 50% of the class missed the answer of magnet and instead put mother. You know, I'm glad that we've set a special day aside to appreciate the ones in our lives that many of us have not always appreciated as we should. And if you're a mother this morning, if you have a mother, you're blessed. And if your life has been blessed by the touch of a godly mother, then we've enjoyed one of the world's greatest blessings. It was Abraham Lincoln on this thought. He said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. And as we look here in Exodus chapter 2, we're given some insight to Jochebed, the mother of Moses. And in my opinion, 
She's revealed through what is done here in these first ten verses as one of the greatest mothers we find in the pages of Scripture. And if it wasn't for her selfless love, if it wasn't for her sacrifice that she made, we wouldn't have the story of Moses and the exodus of God's people from Egypt would, would look very much different than what it looks like to us today. And we're going to look at her in these first 10 verses and see some characteristics this morning of a godly mother. But I'm not just preaching to the moms today. These truths that we find in her is, is truths that each and every one of us should have and desire to have in our life. So what are the characteristics we find of her this morning? If we look there, first of all, we understand this was a woman that had a relationship with God. You know, we look there in verse 1, and it says that she was from the house of Levi. And, and her husband took a daughter of Levi. She was not just an Israelite, but she one of God's chosen people. She was also a member of the tribe of Levi, that, which would come from that, would be the high priest. And they would later carry the duties of the tabernacle and the temple. And, and being from that tribe, and, and also just being a, a, one of the children of Israel, no doubt, they were very dedicated and religious people. And then this tribe in particular was one that God chose for those particular tasks to be a set-apart tribe of the Israelites. And we see them as people who were willing to, to defy the order of Pharaoh and keep the commandments of God. You know, we look at her children and we understand this was the mother of Moses. And we understand all that she taught him in the time that she had him. But we also understand that her other son, Aaron, became the first high priest of the Israelites. These people recognized who their God was. They had a relationship with them, and they raised their children to worship God as he was. And as we understand that thought this morning, every mother needs a relationship with God. Every child that walks the face of this earth deserves and needs a saved, dedicated mother. You know, nothing would make more of a difference in the lives of our children than having godly examples at home and godly examples before them each and every day. And there's a need for godly fathers as well. You know, everyone in the home needs a relationship with God. And one thing we need to do as a church is not only pray that God would help us to be the godly parents we need to be, but also pray that God would, would send people out to lead men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ where they too can, can have godly homes and, and raise their children to recognize God as he is. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we look in the book of Ephesians, and we find many truths there for the Christian, and one thing we find there is, if fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We look in Proverbs chapter 1, and we see the proverb there where he was speaking to his son, and he says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. That implies there needs to be some sort of biblical principle passed on from the parents to the child. God needs to be part of the home. And I want to tell you this morning, we cannot do these things and we cannot have the home God would have us to have without the mother and the father having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every single person needs Jesus. I want to tell you, more than you need your next breath, more than you need your, your, your next heartbeat, you need Jesus and his salvation. And it's the one credential that every single person that will ever walk the face of this earth needs to miss hell and to enter heaven when they die. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 4, Neither is thou salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. 
Not through anything you and I could ever do, not through just raising children to be good people or, or doing right on your own, but it is through the name, through the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, as he was speaking to the Pharisee Nicodemus there in John chapter 3, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There must be a time in an individual's life where they were not only born of water, born of their mother, but they were secondly born in the spirit. They made a personal decision to put their trust in Jesus and what he did for them to get them to heaven. There must be a time where we were spiritually born again, recognizing none of us can get to heaven on our own and recognizing not only that, but that Jesus died for you and putting your trust in him and what he's done. And then after a person has been born again, after a person then has been saved and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they then have a relationship with God. That's the most important one for all of us today. Without it, none of these other things matter. None of these other things are going to do anything for you. So we see this woman, her, the characteristic she had was, a, first of all, a relationship with God. The second thing we find as we look here this morning is she had courage. We look there at verse 2. It says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Why did she have to hide him? Let's turn back one chapter there to verse 15 of chapter 1. And this is because of the decree of Pharaoh. It says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipran, the name of the other Puah. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, but they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Jacobed refused to give in to this godless system that would have cost her the life of her son. Took courage. He had these rules, they would kill them. Then secondly, when that didn't work, he said, now we're just going to throw them into the river as soon as we hear about them. And this woman took a stand against that and, and through courage made a decision that could have cost her life. You know, we need parents this morning who aren't afraid to stand for those things which are right in these sinful days that we live in. And we need men and women this morning who want more for their children than what the world can give them. We need parents this morning who are, who are going to say, my child is going to learn the ways of God. We need people this morning who are going to declare the same thing that Joshua declared in Joshua 24 when he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. There was a decision those Israelites needed to make whether they were going to serve the other gods or serve the one true God. And then at the end of that verse, he said, choose what you want, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there's going to be many people in this world, and in particular, many Christians who have already caved to the world. And cave to the teachings of the world and to the pressure of society and to what people have decided to uh, interpret what the Bible now means. The word of God has not changed. 
and, and the doctrines of the word of God have not changed. And as times may change and people may change, the truths that we find and the instruction we have in the Bible will never change. And we, and we need people this morning that will say that same thing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some people who are courageous to stand against the, the teachings that are, that are going to be given and, and say the ways of God are greater than the ways of the world. There's an English poet named Alexander Pope. He said, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. And we understand when new trees are planted, stakes are often put in the ground around the tree, and they will tie that tree up to make sure it grows straight. And if you look at our entryway, we have one of those, those trees there that is awful crooked, but it is strong as can be. But the stakes are there often for a purpose, to, to train the tree to grow straight and tall, to train it to go upward. And those things work well most of the time if they're put in place when the, the tree is young. But if a crooked growth has been allowed to develop, those stakes aren't very effective beyond that point. And I'll tell you this morning, that works the same way for our children. Our children from a very young age need to be taught who God is. Need to be taught what the word of God says and that it is truth that, that must be stood on and truth that must be obeyed. And, and I praise the Lord, there's many young people in this world and many young people in our society that, have, that were not raised from a young age to love the Lord and to obey his word. And there's many of them who have developed a heart for God. But just because that is possible doesn't mean that we need to sit and wait and hope that our children will catch it on their own. It's, it's a blessing when young people live for God, but, if the parent, but it's the parents who need to set the example and courage and godliness for those that are following behind them and, 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 and learning how to live in this world that we live in. And in doing that, that means there are times when tough choices need to be made to protect our children from the things of this world. A decision on a mom and dad saying, hey, we're not going to go there. We're not going to allow you to do that. We're not going to allow you to see this. Or Those aren't friends or influences that we want you to have. There needs to also be a determination to put your children in a position to hear the word of God and to be in church and to, and to be under the teaching of the word of God. There was an elderly lady that had had this young family move in next to her one day and this young man next door had, had seen her out and about and anytime he saw her carrying something or doing work in the yard this teenage boy would go over and he would help her and one day after just being amazed over and over again at the, res the respect this young man had for her and how kind he was she said son how did you become such a fine young man and he said well to tell you the truth when I was a boy I had a drug problem and she looked at him and she just said I can't believe that and she wanted more details and he replied he says it's true my parents drug me to church Sunday morning drug me to church Sunday night drug me to church Wednesday night church made a difference and I want to encourage you this morning to put your children in a position to receive what it is God has for them in the teaching and preaching of God where they can be taught the Bible there's many people in society that we, we've come to this point where we we We've just been told or we decide we need to uh, let our children decide for themselves at a very young age what is best for them or what they want. Somebody, somebody may say, I don't believe in making my kids go to church because they'll resent me later for it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you make them brush their teeth? Do you make them eat their vegetables? Do you, do you, do you make them wait for a car to drive through the street before you allow them to walk across? Because that's what's best for them. We need moms and dads this morning that are not willing to let their kids 
be influenced by the world above God. And not only put them in a position to hear those things, but also be willing to pull them out of things that may be damaging to them and their relationship with the Lord. And it takes courage to do that. We see this, this woman had a relationship with God. Second thing, she had courage. The third thing this morning, she had faith. If you look here in verse 3, it says, And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. It's three months old. It's going to be awful hard to hide him beyond this point. So she took him to the very river that they had been commanded to throw him into, but there was a little twist. She, she built a little basket, an ark of bulrushes, and she sealed it to where he could float and hid him in there. This was a woman motivated by faith in her God. And the faith in those decisions she made and that we see later there in verses 9 and 10, this faith was so strong that if we were to look in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we would find her in the hall of faith there. In Hebrews 11 verse 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, they hid him. By faith, they they trusted God and allowed God to protect him and do the work. And what she did definitely required faith and she had to trust that her baby would be protected in that situation. And as we look at our our lives this morning, it takes faith to resist the world. It it takes faith sometimes to go opposite of the trends of society or to go opposite of what the world is trying to command or say we must do with our children. And as this world was crying out for the death of her son, this mother stood strong in the face of opposition. Do you know what the world is trying to do today to the children of our world and our society? It's, It's demanding often that parents are handing over their children and allowing them to be trained and taught the better ways of the world. And often those things in doing that that are contrary to what we find in Scripture. Again, I'm not one to to often reference the news. I have a a lot lately. But I saw just a a couple weeks ago a comment from our president as as he was being interviewed about the parent's right to make choices for their child. And this is what he said. He said, there is no such thing as someone else's child. And he repeated that. No such thing as someone else's child. He says, These are our nation's children, and our nation's children are all our children. That's not right. There's many people this morning that want your children, that want your grandchildren. And they want to teach them the philosophies of the world and things that are contrary to the word of God. And we need parents this morning and grandparents this morning who will teach the the children the ways of God and steer them clear of the world and its devices. We need to teach our children today what holy living is. We need to teach our children this morning that sex outside of marriage is sin against God. We need to to teach and preach against the sin of drunkenness and and have them understand that God created this world. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't by the process of evolution. Tell them that God created male and female and and that isn't to be altered or isn't seen as optional. God made man for woman and woman for man and and teach them about the lust of the flesh and the the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Teach them what it is to walk in the spirit. And, And we just looked a few moments ago. It's our duty to teach them biblical wisdom. And when they are on their own, the Bible says, as they passed on the law, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. And when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk, it shall talk with thee. 
The word of God is enough. And and our our God is enough and his his spirit is enough. And no matter what opposition may come and no matter uh, what persecution could be ahead of us, God is enough. And it doesn't change what we are commanded to do. It takes faith to resist the world. It also takes faith to surrender the child. We look there in verse 3. She laid him in the flags by the river's brink. She left him there. Left him in the river. It took faith for this mother to take her hands off of the life of her child and to leave him in the will of God. And as well, it takes faith for us to eventually let our children go. Luckily for me, that's not extremely close. I know it'll fly by before too long. But some parents live in denial and try to hold on to their children far too long. But the day is coming sooner or later when that child must be allowed to become an adult. And to operate as a man or a woman in the world that we live in. It takes faith sometimes, it takes faith all the time for us to leave them in the hand of God. But the child who has a praying mother and and, and a past filled with knowledge of the Bible and training in the ways of God has has given them an advantage to do well in temptation. Just because we need to let them go at a certain point in life doesn't mean we ever stop praying for them. Or that we turn on them or that we don't offer them counsel or advice or, or try to help them as we can. We need to be willing to surrender them. And it also took faith for her to raise him again. You look there in verse 9, it says, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. What a miracle it was that our sovereign God who was in control not only protected Moses, but allowed him to be weaned further by his mother. It's a good God. Not only only be taken care of by his mother, but also an opportunity for that mother to teach her young son who God was. And the duty it was to recognize him as God. It took great faith to raise him under those conditions and to eventually realize he, she, he does have to be taken back eventually. She had the opportunity to do her best by her son. And all of us are required to do the same thing this morning. Now, your children need love. They need acceptance from you. They need Bible teaching and preaching. They need church. They need godly examples. They need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's your duty as a parent to put them in a position and to influence them accordingly. If we've, if we've given our children and brought them to a point of a relationship with God and give them and God all we can, we've done what he expects from us with our children. And a foundation has been set where they can grow and mature into healthy Christians. Raise them by faith for God. The fourth characteristic we find, not only a relationship, a relationship with God and courage and faith, but fourth thing, selflessness. We just read there verse 9 and 10, and she, she was selfless in, in these acts that she did for her son. Years ago, there was this young mother making her way across South Wales, and she was carrying her baby in her arms, and she was overtaken by a blizzard, and she never reached her destination. The blizzard had kind of taken over and slowed her down and 
Sometime later, she was found by researchers there under the under, uh, searchers, excuse me, beneath a mound of snow. And as they discovered her underneath her, they found that this woman had removed her uh, her outer clothing and wrapped her son in it and sheltered him. And after some time, when they unwrapped the child, they found him full of life. She had selflessly given herself with that mother's love for her child. And years later, that child, his name was David Lloyd George, and he grew grew up to be Prime Minister of Great Britain. And without doubt, they say one of England's greatest statesmen they, they have in history. Many mothers have selflessness. If you look here at Jochebed, she gave of herself. She poured her life into the life of her son. And that's what every good mother does for her children. And if you're this morning and that's what your mother did for you, you need to honor her according to that. The Bible commands that we honor our father and mother. And in a very spiritual sense this morning, it's also what our heavenly father did for us. Again, God gave his own son to save you. God gave his own son to save me, and and God gave heaven's best for earth's worst. And God did that because he loves us. She gave of herself, and she gave her son. She was raising her son to give him to the Lord, literally. She didn't know exactly what would happen. But as she had him back in her control, she raised him to give him back, not knowing what God was going to do with him. She gave up her son. Her son helped save the nation, even though she didn't realize all she was doing. And I want to tell you this morning, we must surrender to the will of God and surrender our children to the will of God, not to the will of mom and dad. Because sometimes God's will doesn't look like our will, does it? God desires for us doesn't look like, uh, our desire for ourselves doesn't look like God's desire for us. Our desire for our children doesn't always line up with God's desire for our children. In a reminder, as we look in the Word of God, God gave His Son for us, and when He did, He knew exactly what He was doing. And as Jochebed was giving up her son, she didn't know it, but she gave up her son for Israel. She had a relationship with God. You You never know who you're raising. We look in the word of God, we can find a lady by the name of Hannah. And we know this, this woman, she was barren and she desired a child and, and she made a promise to God. She said, God, if you bless me with this child, I will give him to you. And when she did just that, he stayed there at the temple there with the priest and she gave him up not knowing what was going to happen with that little boy. But he be, became a, a man by the name of Samuel that was very instrumental in all that God did with King Saul and King David. Did many other things. Right now it's our duty to be surrendered to the will of God and give them our best while we still have them to turn them out to be God-fearing, God-following people who God can use for his glory. You know, often parents think that they've been successful when the child finishes college or 
When a son or a daughter makes a lot of money in a prestigious position, and those things are wonderful, and those things are true blessings, and we can praise God for those things. But I want to tell you as well this morning that true success cannot be gauged on a worldly scale. It can't. As, as we were kind of laughing the other night, we were out on Friday night at a graduation and we left our, our children at home for just a little bit and that was when that storm rolled into town and it's been, our kids have seen storms before but for some reason this one was really rocking their world. They were scared to death about it and they were all huddled together at the house and wondering when it was going to pass through and, and uh, Hallie showed me her phone as we were out and there was a text from Jackson and it said, Mom, the rain was a little intense for a while and but we were uh, getting nervous, so I prayed for all of us and for God to take the storm away, and he did. And he said, he had another text. He said, God is so good. <laughs> and then our other little girls, they have uh, tablets where they're able to message us as well. And Claire, a little seven-year-old, she sent a text, and she said, Jackson prayed, and the rain stopped. God answered. It's neat to hear that from your children. I remember a month ago, there was a mother here in church that was just talking to us in the, in the lobby about how her son had leaned over to her after the service and, and talked about how the message was a help to him. That's a blessing. We've got other people this morning who have children serving in ministry across the country, across the world. That's a blessing. We have other people whose kids don't live here anymore but are sitting in a pew in a good church this morning under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God with their families. That is a blessing. I would rather raise a child who had none of the world's goods, none of the world's successes, but who knew Jesus than to raise a multimillionaire who would die and go to hell. And maybe you're here this morning and that's not how things look for your children at the moment. You're still blessed. You have a relationship with them that no one else does. And if that's you this morning, pray for them. Live in faith, share the gospel, talk to them in love about choices they might be making. As a mother or father, you have an opportunity to still impact that child for righteousness. So stay faithful to it. And trust God to bring the extra blessings in his time. Jacobet had no idea what God was going to do. But God blessed her faith. And her courage and used her, both her, all of her children to do great things. I want to read you a poem called A Mother's Influence. It says, I took a piece of plastic clay and idly fashioned it one day. And as my fingers pressed it still, it moved and yielded at my will. I came again when days were past, the form I gave it still it bore. And as my fingers pressed it still, I could change that form no more. I took a piece of living clay and gently formed it day by day and molded with my power and art a young child's soft and yielding heart. I came again when days were gone. It was a man I looked upon. He still that early impress bore and I could change it nevermore. Powerful influence. Every mother has an opportunity to impact in a way that no one else can. And as we're closing today, are you impacting right now as God would have you to? These characteristics we just saw in the life of Jochebed, did they describe you? We look at a woman here who had a relationship with God, full of courage, full of faith, with a heart of surrender. 
And with that, God brought great blessings, many she never even saw. And he can do the same for you. Are we committed to having the godly characteristics every parent, every human should have? Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. As we look at Jochebed, we see a portrait of...